Podcasting 2.0 for January 21st, 2022, episode number 70, Testing the TAM. End of the week once again. Hello, developers, users, abusers. Welcome to the official board meeting of Podcasting 2.0, where we discuss everything that happened the past week in Podcasting 2.0, the podcast namespace, and of course, where all the genius oozes at podcastindex.social. I'm Adam Curry here in the heart of the Texas Hill Country and in Alabama, the man who has an end point for everyone, my friend on the other end, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Dave Jones. Hello, developers. <laughs> Hello, developers. <laughs> it, is, uh, it is freezing ass cold in Birmingham, Alabama. Let yeah. me tell you that. What do you have there? Uh, twenty. It was twenty five this morning. It's up to twenty eight now. Yeah, I don't think we have much better in Texas. All of a sudden, it came in. What are we having? Yeah, we got twenty seven here. Um, yeah, yeah see, it's gonna be it's gonna be like this all week. Yeah, this is not normal. You know, the part that that really sucks is I have my whole house generator sitting in my driveway in, on top of the crate, waiting for the guys to install it. You know, I'm very yeah. concerned about the timing of this. I thought what I thought you were going to say is in true prepper fashion is I've got my generators all hooked up and <laughs> yeah. the power won't go out. That's, thank you, Dave. That's what I wanted to say. Yes, obviously. <laughs> I, I ordered this thing three months ago. It's been a, a bitch just getting it here. I've got a year of freeze dried food in the garage and, <laughs> and we won't have a pandemic. You know, it's like. No, that that actually, um, I read this great article, um, which is called, oh, it was, it categorized people like me, which I identified with it. As uh, Doomer, uh, was it no Doomer optimists? <laughs> and that is what that is exactly what you right. Are. That's what I thought yes. too. I'm like, oh yeah, this makes a lot of sense. I identify with this. I got to send you this article, and yeah. and what it says is, you know, you know, Americans kind of Americans by definition are pretty good preppers, uh, mm-hmm. just because of the pioneering nature and our history, uh, but but that. You know, the people who are prepping with uh, ham radios in bunkers with uh, stored food and uh, that's really not the type of preparation you want to do. You know, you need to know where the local farmers are. You know, who are your neighbors really? Um, you need to understand uh, self-defense. I mean, all, all of these, like getting a dog. I mean, these are these are the things that you really you might need. Yeah. You've got all that covered. I mean, you got you got the I, yeah. dog, you got Texas Slim. And I've been, uh, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I got, yeah, KNC Ranchers. I got everybody's all set up. Uh, the last bit is the electricity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I've been, I've been looking at, <laughs> you know, I, I believe in, uh, in electricity, you know, just DC current that you can power stuff with. And, you know, it's like, but the battery technology for any type of charging, uh, you know, the scenario that'll last you more than an hour, really. Is, is inherently prohibitive and it's just a pain in the ass. And I've been looking at, you know, old fashioned batteries, basically a water tower, you know, where, oh. you, where you have a, a little, a little solar array that uh, shoots water up into the tower. And then you use the water pressure as, uh, you know, as needed uh, to drive a, a turbine that can uh, power your house. I've never heard of this. Well, I mean, you've heard of hydropower. Yeah. So this, so you're you're pushing the the solar array. Yeah, put, it, it makes it, enough juice to push the water up into the tower. It during, trickles it during yeah. the sun. It trickles okay. it. Yeah, exactly. It trickles it up there, um, and then it comes back down gravity feed to mm-hmm. turn the turbine. So you basically have a, a battery. You're storing energy. 
uh, it's a mechanical battery. Yes, exactly. Yeah, okay. This is the kind of stuff that I'm, and this, the other way is, have you ever seen those beautiful windmills that it's called the air, aero motor? It's kind of the aluminum look that you see on farmlands all over the country with the a weather vane. Yeah, with a weather vane yeah. on it. So that's mm. another way you can pump the water up into the tower. So how much did the, like, what do those set you back? Like that, that thing, is that like a hundred grand or is it? Oh no. What? One of the, uh, one of those, uh, air motors. Yeah. 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 Those things. Oh no. I, I priced that. And uh, I think it's a couple grand. Let me see if that even, oh, it's not bad. no, it depends on how big you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but they're everywhere. Uh, I'd have to look at it. Air, yeah. air motor or some crap like that has a weird here. Air. Yeah. We, we saw them in uh, New Mexico that they tend, they seem to be a lot of those in New Mexico. Yeah. We were driving through there a couple of years ago. There's no wind here in, in Alabama that's of any like dependability. So, Oh, well, we got plenty of wind out here. Let me see. Uh, order yours. Okay. Let me just take a look. Just since we're, since we're doing it, let me see if I can find a price for you. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Complete windmill 3,700. Oh, that's not bad. And then, of course, that's probably you probably what a what yeah. a solar array would set you back. Yeah, and then you have, then of course you can go crazy with your tower. How high you want that? Obviously, see Alabama Power, our power company has uh, they've they've made sure that none of these schemes actually work because they charge you uh, <laughs> they, they charge you a surcharge. Yeah, that's you, what California's do doing now. Yeah, it used to be yeah. you could sell your energy back to the grid. Now they're taxing people because they have too much energy. <laughs> yeah, that's the way it is here. Yeah. <laughs> what a scam. They really scammed everybody on that. It's horrible. horrible. Well, it's the same scam as the electric cars. You know, every, get everybody to go electric car for years and years and years. And then and then all of a sudden, shocker, you realize you're not getting enough uh, tax revenue from uh, gasoline sale, uh, so taxes. So let's tax the EVs. Tax the EVs. <laughs> shocker. Hey, man, why don't you guys just print it? It seems to be so much easier. And it's it working is. so it well. It's working so... You know, there's two things I wanted to talk about. So first of all, just the realization, I had it just the other day, that when I was in the 70s, like early or like 71, 72, I remember my parents talking about inflation. But they didn't talk about it the way we talk about it today. So today we say, oh, it's 7% inflation, beef is more expensive, and, you know, and the beef is, is doubled, and gas is expensive. And, you know, it's based on the consumer price index. But, but that's what we consider inflation is consumer prices going up. But back in the day, you know, this was after, you know, of course, we were 40 years or 50 years into the Federal Reserve Act and, and the idea that we were off the gold standard. And inflation literally meant that the Federal Reserve and the Treasury would be creating about 2% more money every year. That's what, that's what it meant. And everyone understood that. And everyone was always concerned about inflation, not concerned about the prices rising, because that would be the actual effect of inflating the money supply, inflation. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And somewhere along the lines, we got psyoped into believing it's something else. And then you look at the money supply of the U.S. dollar, 40% was created in the last 18 months. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, you know, people don't, I don't think a lot of people stop to think about what inflation does. And there's a lot of good information about this within the Austrian world is what inflation, what in, inflation has, it's not simply rising prices because of a glut of money. That's, that's just the technical, like 
That's how it happens. That's the mechanism. But then the effect it has is devastating on a, on an on an economy and on a at a personal, personal level. level. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, because what happens is you get for, when you have inflation that outpaces savings in any way or or it, wage increases. Wage increase. Yeah, it it forces each person to take more risk in order to get in order to keep pace yeah. because you know you have to save but you can't just simply save you have to save in ever increasingly risky ways yeah like so, uh, so you can crypto <laughs> yeah, crypto, yeah exactly that's so where we're got, at now <laughs> you got you got you know you know 88 year old grandmas who are having to who are having to watch the stock market yeah and that's because of inflation i mean Grandma should not have to worry about the stock market. She should be able to just have put her money in the bank for all these years and have something to to retire. Yeah, on. remember no. certificate of deposit. Yeah, <laughs> remember yes, those indeed. things. <laughs> those are cute, but yeah. but that of course is the follow on effect from cheap money, etc. And then you know that cheap money pushing up stocks, and then you, what you're seeing now is you're seeing that start to unwind because the system is in trouble. Anyway, so I just wanted to point out that. Uh, it's good for everybody, I think, to to think from time to time about what inflation really means, and not just you know this what it results in. But the smartest people in the world. Yeah. And the other one was this uh, the news about Netflix, and I think that will affect podcasting to a, a significant degree. So I want to bring they that up. They got hammered the other day. Their stock was down like twenty percent. Yeah, uh, twenty four this morning. Oh my gosh! And the reason is. They poured billions of dollars. I, I think it might have been twenty or twenty-five billion dollars last year into content, and they had, of course, they had hits. Uh, Bridgerton, you know, many hits. There, you know, as as I've always said, when you have a network, you're in a hits-based business, so you got to have a lot of poop for people to kind of lull through <laughs> until you get your next hit. This is what it is. I've run networks; it's very hard to do. That's in their prospectus. Poop. Poop. Oh, yeah. Poop. No, we have this. That's right there. It says one of our risks is we will have to make some poop, too, or or buy poop. No, there's um, plenty of poop on Netflix. I've, I've scrolled it. So, but what didn't, a, what didn't carry over is the increase in users uh, into this uh, into this first quarter from last quarter. And, of course, you know, part of this has to do with uh, people thinking differently about their lives in general, but you know maybe not having as much home time, etc. But it it really freaked the market out. And what you'll hear everyone talk about is the TAM, uh, T A M, and the TAM is, is the okay. total addressable market. And so, uh, oh, so they're looking okay. at the entire market for people who are interested in streaming services, and it looks saturated. It looks like, okay, you know, and, and, you know, we'll see what the fallout will be from that because some companies will not give a shit at all. But, you know, I think Disney is also banking on it. Um, you know, Disney has less poop. You know, they have evergreen poop, uh, which the kids love. You know, everyone loves. And, you know, and they do have some, some massive franchises. But I think what this will result in is far less podcast deals uh, to try and, you know, because this is the business model of networks and, mm-hmm. and the hits business is you sign a whole bunch of shows and then you find the one hit and it's going to and you're going to turn it into a TV show. I think these days may be numbered. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, that's that's completely rational. I, I think that makes a whole lot of sense because that number 
that's what I've been thinking about. Everything has become about growth. And that's, again, another effect of inflation. Everything, yeah. every industry is growth, growth, growth. Mm-hmm. And so it, like what happens when you run up against that, that wall of market saturation where you, you, you literally can't grow anymore. And who knows where that is? That's a magic number that nobody knows for every, for each product. Nobody understands what that number is going to be. Um, I, 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 I'm sorry. No, I was just saying what, what happens? I, I don't really know what happens. Everything just seems the, like Netflix seems to just take a hard U-turn and go straight back down. Yeah, because there's no growth. That that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there's no growth, then then there's no interest in holding that stock. And as I've maintained before, you know, just look at the numbers. For my mind, it's a Ponzi scheme. Yeah, you mm-hmm. keep pouring billions of dollars on. I mean, they do eight billion dollars a quarter or something, but they spend outspend on creating poop. Yeah, <laughs> and this is and this was this is part of the beauty, the kind of the I would say a, a lot of what's happening with people signing podcasts is, oh, you know, this could be, one of these could be a hit. One of these could be a TV show. And there's been many examples of that. Um, Mm. And now that's going to decelerate. There's no doubt about it. But, okay. So let's just, I'm going to dig into this for, for one, for one minute. So what about, let's just put a reality on it. Let's just say Spotify. uh, They really, to me, it looks like they have essentially, Joe Rogan is the cash cow. Call her daddy is, I don't know, something. I don't know if we have numbers on on that show or not, whether it was a a deal that- Dude, they don't even give numbers on podcasting income. It's insignificant at this point. I don't think Joe Rogan is a cash cow either. For for that, is he, I'm thinking about shows that are just simply profitable. Um, Yeah. Well, he's profitable from one, from one way specifically- is what is it? What is the what is the acquisition cost of a uh, a user? And user, yeah. so if if the hundred million dollar uh, number is right, I don't know. It's never really been confirmed. It's just kind of accepted. Um, then that would be ten dollars a user because they claim they have eleven million people who listen to the Joe Rogan show. So I'll throw out a million and just keep it at ten. So it costs them ten bucks to get uh, uh, to get ten million users per user. And that user theoretically pays five dollars per month or more, either in um, uh, in subscription fee or in advertising revenue. Well, point being that if you have if you're that top heavy, uh, and you have one essentially one hit, or maybe one and a half hits. No, they have one. I think it's just I think it's Rogan. I don't think yeah. that anything else is considered a hit. Well, if. I mean, if Rogan, that's everybody's, everybody seems to be befuddled by the fact that even the 270 scientists, quote unquote, that, that wrote a letter hasn't had an effect, right? You know, they, that's, it's economics. They, it can't have an effect. If they were to do anything with Rogan, that's it. It's game over for the podcast. Oh, yeah. side of that oh, yeah. business. Oh yeah. Then then it'll be uh, it'll be cl- it'll be it'll close down. It'll be over right away. You're correct. And the same thing worries me on the non-hit side when it comes to just the regular podcast advertising because every month I look at that at that chart of the biggest ad spends and all at the top it continues to be You do that every month? Money. 
You do yeah, that every time James publishes do, do, it. Do you put on assless chaps and beat yourself while you're doing that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I said that, Dave. I'm sorry. That was inappropriate. I, I, I'm surprised you knew I had assless chaps. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, BetterHelp is the number one advertiser every time, and I'm like, okay, if this if this thing goes belly up. It's game over too. I mean, like it's just. What is better is health? So is, that, is that a mental uh, health health app? App, yeah, yeah. Do, do you know? Do you know how much money companies like that make? My buddy uh, was asked to be CEO of um, Mindful. I think Mindful mm. is another one of these apps. mindfulness or mindfulness yeah, yeah. app. They yeah, do yeah. two billion dollars a quarter. Two billion dollars a quarter in revenue. How much profit though? None. Oh, it's profitable. Oh, it's profitable. Yeah. Okay. Because you're just—it's just people, people and technology, and a little bit of technology to connect them. I bet what they did was they figured out that there were so many people coming out of uh, college with uh, psychology degrees that had no prospects for a job. They just funnel them all into this oh. app and pay oh. them nothing, and then they're done. <laughs> and it's worse than that. Um, you know, this anti-work thing is being pushed everywhere it may even be them uh, doing that who the hell knows but this uh healing communities and all this kind of stuff oh yeah there's a, there's a lot going on people are convinced they're very very troubled and it's sad <laughs> because are. it's, it's, no, it's young people they are troubled. <laughs> okay <laughs> oh, yes uh hey where are we with uh with everything this week uh i got nothing on the it? list which means i'm pretty happy <laughs> oh, I'm a disaster over here. I got yeah. I mean, well, you like, you got like real work stuff. No, I, no. I'm, I mean, just on the on my prep side, I've got for the first time in six in seventy episodes, I I do not have my notes written out beforehand. They're actually list like I usually list them out on a write it out on a legal pad on a legal pad, and it's instead it's spread out over like four different pieces of paper and another pad. But because we get I got so much to talk about. I mean the this week we had uh, uh, another. I started another purge of Spreaker stuff to match the Anchor stuff, um, and I don't even think we talked about the Anchor purge last week. Uh, no, we uh, didn't. And and along with that also comes the breakage of their M4A files. I think which I was reading about. Marco was uh, mm-hmm, an anchor, pretty yeah. huffy about that. Well. I, this the whole I love this though because this this is confirmation of my theory that Spotify wants to ditch Anchor as a podcast platform. It's it's a, a it seems like a money suck. Uh-huh. It's it's not it is not. I don't think that they even like it anymore. I think the, the getting rid of RSS feeds as de, as default was the first step, and each step along the way confer- that they that they make one of these moves confirms that anchor is on anchor is just a dead man walking i don't think it's a long term vi- viable option for them anymore and i think they want they would they would love to just see it disappear they can't they really can't at this moment but they can make it as unattractive as possible so that they continue to draw less and less interest in the platform now, was this not one day they'll kill it was this not their their on-ramp into podcasting direct into spotify that was not the the concept there well the original concept yes yes that that was the concept but it but but anchor came out of social audio 
you know, that was their previous thing was that you could like have a social network based on audio snippets. Oh gosh. I mean, look, do you remember that? Yeah. And that's where, and they, all they did was add RSS feeds to that platform so that they became podcasts. Mm -hmm. That's why you have so much garbage on there. Like a a typical, about that, a typical unlistenable (laughs) podcast that got purged uh, two weeks ago. Do you have an example? uh, Did you bring one today? I had so many examples and I did not bring any, but like one of them was, I posted some on the Mastodon. One of them was just like (laughs) 15 seconds of of a guy talking about poop. Um, <laughs> Wait a minute! With a background soundtrack, <laughs> I have to that's get all this it was. now. So you purged a poop cast? That's that's <laughs> I don't know, Dave. I'm I'm questioning your choices here. Let's it was see. like it was like 15 seconds of a guy being like, "Hey, this is my first podcast," and uh, yeah. I'm, Hold um, on, I got to find this man. Where poop? Is when did you post this? I'm looking for it now. I don't know. A couple of weeks ago. Uh, mm. it's, it's the poop. It's the poop cast. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it was, it was fantastic, but it it was, it was example after example, after example of that kind of stuff. Some, uh, like a 12 year old girl being like, here we go. Oh, this is cool. And that was it. Hold on. Listen. Oh, what? I have to, here we go. Play the trailer. All right. Hi. You know me. Kiss or slap. Slap. Okay. Bye. That's it. That that's was the, the entire podcast. But that's not the poop cast. Oh, I don't know where the, the, the poop went. There was a bunch of poop ones. One of them had a poop emoji in the title. Yeah. Why do great. people do that? I don't know. I know. I'll do a poop cast. Actually, I, you know, Chris Brashears was one of the OG podcasters. He did the poop cast back in the day. This is when we were... Now, so podcasting started, a little bit of lore for you, and then I want to get bring our guest in who's who's thinking, what the hell did I join up for here? <laughs> He's like, I'm on the wrong podcast. <laughs> is, is this thing on? Um, this was the days when we were, you know, we didn't really have studios or equipment. You know, I was building some stuff and trying to figure it all out. Uh, but I was doing sound, uh, sound seeing tours, I called them. I'd walk around with binaural mics and you know, just different stuff, a little different from your traditional radio. I'd go flying, and uh, and people are doing different types of things. And Chris Bashirs did the poop cast, and <laughs> and he would literally uh, talk about his poop. And and at one point, and this this is when I knew podcasting would take off, and this this was a, just the best medium ever. He got on the roof of his house, made his wife put a target down below on the grass. And he what? pooped off the, off the roof. Oh my god! I gotta find that episode. It was legendary. There was just something about it. At the, I mean, I think you had to be there. That's pretty typical with poop stories. But yeah, yeah. Um, but it was. Well, I mean, it was pushing the his wife for sticking around. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh no no. She got a medal for that. Absolutely. But yeah you know, yeah. It's, it's, everyone knew Chris. He's nuts. I'm, I'm assuming shit. that the uh, pot, the album art for this podcast was the Bristol Stool Index. Um, uh, no, I forget. If I nobody forget. knows what that is, you can Google it. I forgot what he had as art. Anyway, mm. where were we? Um, oh, about uh, yeah, growth, growth. Yeah, growth, yeah, growth. Yeah, that, I, I was going to say one final thing about mm-hmm. that. Yeah, sure. So a true, this kind of gets into growth, podcasting, and inflation. Uh, if I were to track uh, the past 10 years of the No Agenda show, which is a value-for-value value podcast, just like Podcasting 2.0, the podcast, and the entire project, 
um, year over year, people have given us about between 12 and 18% more year over year. And as we're having this conversation, I'm thinking over a 10-year span, it's not that people appreciated us more. It's just that the dollar devalued. (laughs) Inflation. (laughs) Yes, that is inflation. Because I'm not like living high on the hog any higher than I was last year. Right. So there, you know, I think there's your inflation. It may actually be that high. Uh, my situation has changed some, you know, at some points throughout 10 years. My, my, my overhead has changed. I've reduced it significantly. <laughs> Marrying a, a woman with money helps. Yes. Uh, <laughs> she always well, chuckles we, when I say that. <laughs> we, that's, you know, we, uh, my wife married me for my money too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the, that when you look around the industry and all the, all the index funds and all the things that are like, um, provide a quote unquote good return, whether they're in the market or whether they're in the, uh, the equities or whatever it is, like when all of them return roughly the same percentage, Mm -hmm. that's not, that's not quality of, of, of product or investment primarily that's inflation it's just <laughs> yeah. pure inflation yeah. exactly yeah. hey what should we bring our guests in so we can uh, chat some more podcasting yeah let's let's uh, turn the corner and stop trying to you know talk about stop trying to be horowitz and talk right about our, uh, <laughs> although i think our our view of the market is a lot more entertaining yes because we bring in poop it's just how it's supposed to go <laughs> uh today's guest uh, in the boardroom our assessor, if you will, is someone whose work I followed before Podcasting 2.0 because I was a user of his product, and uh, it's dynamite, and he has an incredible uh, a niche uh, of the industry. Very happy to have him here with us. Uh, please welcome the uh, the founder, developer of PodLP, uh, Thomas Barrasso. Thank you. Excited to be here. And it's uh, it's pretty funny. I, uh, I, I can relate to the poop cast. I had a connection when I was an undergrad. I actually studied uh, Viking poop. Viking poop. Okay. okay. All right. Tell, tell it. <laughs> Wait a minute. This is something you can study? This is an act. Can you get college credit in this course? Yeah. I'll, I'll give you the LOL, my thesis version. So uh, basically, you know, Vikings and their, their livestock uh, settled in areas of Greenland and Iceland, and they, they pooped, of course, just like all of us. And that, those poop washed into uh, water systems, and you can measure them over time through uh, sedimentology. You can take sediment cores in lakes, and you can measure the concentration of fecal biomarkers and tell where people were when throughout history. Wow, it's kind. Of, it's like counting the, the rings on a tree. We we can we can count the poop rings. Exactly. So what okay, were people I'm, I'm eating? So what was that? I was going to ask what what people were eating. What what were the Vikings eating? Oh, that that's a harder question. That mm. that's the next that's the next grad student's project. Oh, okay. All right, Dave, you had a question. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just no. I'm just going to. This is just a comment, an observation, if you will. I did not. I did not come into this podcast today expecting to hear the term fecal biomarkers. That was not how <laughs> my list of uh, well, this what is, I thought I would hear. Yeah, well, this is the most uh, diverse uh, boardroom in the industry, uh, Dave. We don't mess <laughs> yes, around here. Uh, so, so, Thomas, tell us about uh, about your app and uh, and how it started, and uh, maybe just give us a little background so everybody understands exactly what you're doing because it's. I think it's. Uh, one of the most important apps for podcasting's future. 
That that's quite the superlative. I, I appreciate it, but yeah, I'm happy to give people some context. I know it's uh, as you said, it's a pretty interesting niche. Uh, at least I think so. So yeah, at the start of the pandemic, you know, like a lot of people, everything shut down. I didn't have a commute, so I just had a bunch of free time. And I uh, one of one of the many items on my uh, infinite backlog of uh, tech ideas that I could get around to at some point was to build a podcast app for feature phones because. Uh, I wanted to use one for going on camping trips, but you know, I, with car commutes and stuff, you got to drive to campsites. I didn't want to uh, be without something to listen to for that time, and I didn't want to deal with the hassle of like downloading a bunch of MP3s and sideloading them before I go. So yeah, I ended up building the app for myself. Uh, but then as I went through the process, I realized the market was a lot bigger than I would have ever imagined. Uh, at, at the start of the pandemic, there was no podcast app available for the platform that I'm on, KaiOS. And then, yeah, I, I put it together pretty quickly, uh, got it out there, and then then kept iterating on it. But yeah, for people who aren't aware, think about like your standard old Motorola Razor flip phone. Uh, not the new one that's touchscreen and Android, but like the old school with the T9 buttons that you click around. Basically, they're, they're those, but you know these days they're much more capable. They've got 3G, 4G, they can stream audio, video. Uh, they come pre-installed with YouTube and uh, Google and Facebook. And and now, you know, there's Pod LP for listening to podcasts. Here's the irony, Thomas. Um, I was a feature phone user prior to the pandemic. I was sick and tired of being tracked. I'd gotten rid of all iPhones. I never was really into Android. Uh, and I got the, um, uh, what is it? Uh, which Alcatel, the Alcatel Go Flip 3. The Alcatel yeah. Go Flip 3 from T-Mobile. I liked it because it had a hotspot. It did the basic things. You know, texting, of course, is a pain in the ass. It does have, you know, predictive text, but it's still painful. But it's okay because I was just living my life. I was doing okay. And that's when I found Pod LP. I'm like, this is so dynamite because I know I was, I was trying to get my hands on a Geo phone, which is the GIO phone, which is um, big in India. I'm like, that, that, that's an even better one. I was, you know, just to get beyond the form factor of the flip phone. And, um, <laughs> And so I was really enjoying the the podcast app. And then the irony is we decided during the pandemic, oh, let's uh, start podcasting 2.0. I got so busy, I had to text more, and then I had to get a, a smartphone again. <laughs> it's truly ironic. Yeah, that, that'll definitely happen, and, and I can totally relate to it. I've actually got two of those geophones, the one and the two, including the one that looks like a BlackBerry with the keyboard. Mm-hmm. But, but even that, I can tell you it's not... It's not the texting machine that you would think it could it's be. It's janky, the I'm keys sure. Are so so <laughs> it's small. It's janky. It's janky. So, um, uh, so you're in the in the Kai store for Kai OS. I mean, how many downloads? How many people are using this thing? Yeah. So in the last year and a half or so, we're we're on two markets: the Kai store globally and the Geo store in India, mm. which is definitely the largest market. And we've got uh, over nine million installs around the world, ah! over 175 countries. Holy! You're the cow. biggest podcast app there is, brother. <laughs> you're getting gypped wow yeah, it's, a, it's a large market you know to put it in a perspective kai OS, i think has about 150 million monthly active users around the world sure uh, and they only the you know this is this is pretty uh crazy but they're only eight percent of the global feature phone market worldwide yeah. uh, i think people especially in western markets forget that that's the largest device category in the world so uh how long until we can uh, do value for value on uh on one of these phones I've definitely thought about it. You know, I keep adding some of the podcasting 2.0 features, but until there's a Bitcoin wallet, I don't know if I'm going to be the one that's got the time to build it. It's it's web-based, so there's probably some way that you could connect it to an existing service. 
Oh man, we have we have it all set up for you. We can set. We have it all. We have everything for you. All you need to do is just connect, right, Dave? Yeah, that's it. Just uh, just as simple as that. (laughs) Just Just connect. connect. (laughs) We got it all set for you. What's your problem? (laughs) Just connect already. Well, tell me this, Thomas. Are is is KaiOS your like? So is it your daily driver? I mean, you you live on this phone. Uh, I, I don't anymore, to be honest. I, uh, similar, okay. similar to Adam, uh, basically after launching this and, and having a bunch to, to deal with, it's pretty difficult to navigate them on a regular basis. If you're going to be texting a lot, you know, it's, it's yeah. fine if you're okay. going to be doing calls, if you're consuming audio and stuff. Um, but I flip between them. I've got, I don't even know, like a dozen of these phones. Now I got the new go flip four. Oh, They're definitely getting better. This is so, so I'm, yeah. this is so cool because you know, we, we had, um, um, who do we have on uh, last week? We had the RSS.com guys on, yeah. and they're storming the 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 Latin American market. You know, this is everyone's dicking around here. You know, waiting for Spotify to buy him, and, <laughs> and meanwhile, there's this whole market that's opening up. It's very it's very exciting. So, what do you think, Thomas? Is, is India is that clearly the the biggest market for uh, Kai and for you know Geo and those? I mean, is that is that clearly like head and shoulders above the rest? Yeah, absolutely. India is uh, definitely in a, in a category all its own, and in large part to Geo and what they've done for that industry. Uh, really rapidly, you know, growing from from two G to four G. Uh, you know, over hundred million devices activated in like two or three years. So it's absolutely massive. And for us, it's an important market because it's one of the largest Anglophone markets. Right, most podcasts are still available in English, and uh, English is still a major language in India. Now- yeah, that was going to be my next question: is is how do you handle your biggest market? being a you know a particular country or region do you do you take that into account when you feature podcasts within your directory do you say okay well you know here's our biggest market so i'm gonna mostly put this type of content as as sort of upfront. yeah so we vary the content on the app based on uh you know, a bunch of different parameters, the language, the country, things like that. And obviously India is one that we definitely prioritize when we're sourcing new content, uh, you know, it being the largest market. But also I think for a lot of people in in a Western audience, I think maybe there's a lack of appreciation for the diversity there, Uh, you know, with one point, what, three billion people. And, uh, you know, there's probably like a dozen different regional languages that each have almost 100 million speakers. Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. definitely like it's it's a very varied market, um, depending on where you are in India. And our, our audience is predominantly rural and, and pretty diverse. So Tom, yeah, Tom, it's a really interesting one to work with. Thomas, uh, who's this we you talk of? <laughs> it's the, uh, I don't know, the the <laughs> hypothetical we. No, I mean, is, we. Is, is it just you? <laughs> the so, royal we, exactly. Well, he, I'm, I'm leading towards the question. You have nine You have nine million of anything. You have a business, technically. Um, is are, are you making money in any way uh are you do you have any plans are you just keeping this as a fun app i mean how do you look at this where do you stand in relation to it yeah that's a good question so most of our revenue comes from podcast sponsorships so anybody who's interested in growing their audience globally uh, we can promote their content the Mm -hmm. number one spots on our homepage, and and it shows up the first thing that users see that's uh something that can generate uh often many thousands of, of listens in a single day so that's uh, definitely the you know the the key prime spot for us. We can also promote content anywhere else in the app. We can promote it in category pages, search. Uh, you know, we can promote it on other parts of the homepage. So there's mm. there's definitely ways to promote content, and that that's really been how we've been able to uh, afford to grow and scale. 
Now, is this uh, your? You have a, a day job, or is this your your full time occupation? Yeah, I have a day job. So I, I do this basically, you know, early in the morning and, and in the evenings or weekends. Uh, like you're a tr- you're a true podcasting two point Yeah, not, <laughs> not sustainable. Af- not afraid to commit. Afraid to commit to poverty. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's cool, man. So I, I would definitely be interested in uh, in buying a position for one or two of my podcasts. Yeah, so send me your rate card. I'd love to take a look at it for sure. Yeah, that's that's. Absolutely. I mean, th- I think that's a really under, especially with value for value. There's so many opportunities app developers can be taking advantage of with content uh, people. Mm-hmm. It's like when when uh, when Abel and the Wolf released their uh, uh, their value for value album on Christmas. I mean. I just miss the, you know, I miss the promotion from Oscar Mary. You know, I miss the the breeze hyping it, you know, and that all could have been settled with value block splits. I mean, there's just so much that we can do. So I love an entrepreneurial developer who's saying, hey, you know, I can, I can make some dough this way and, uh, and build a business maybe. Yeah. No, I think that's a good way of putting it. And, and for us, I, I think it's very organic, right? We get to help podcasters connect with a new audience and we get to help, uh, you know, a, an audience of predominantly first-time internet users find, you know, new and engaging content that they can learn from, that they can be entertained by. So it's it's definitely something that's been, uh, you know, really, really awesome to watch as, as the, you know, it's been over a year now. Yeah, I, I want to ask you about your, uh, you know, your, your developer uh, chops here and what you got going on. So what I know KaiOS is, mostly HTML5 um, environment. So how do you develop an app for that? What does your development environment look like? And I know that I have no experience other than I downloaded uh, the simulator the other day to try to get Pod LP up and running in a KaiOS simulator and failed epically to do it. It was a horrible disaster. Um, but like how what is what is the language that you that you write in what does that look like and and then what tools do you use yeah it's that's an interesting question because it's it's definitely been a a challenge i think it's easier today but yeah the simulator i I wouldn't recommend if anybody's looking to get into the that that area i would say just get a hardware device they're pretty affordable you can get them in the u.s for i don't know as as low as like 20 30 bucks for some of the really crappy cheap ones and uh, some of the nicer ones around 100. So yeah, I would say get a hardware device. You know, don't waste your time on the simulator. And then honestly, it's it's been a, a large part of self discovery. So there's documentation, of course. Uh, I find the documentation to be pretty incomplete, as it often is. And so you end up having to actually just sort of like you get a device, yeah. you you poke around, you learn how the APIs work. You you have to do a lot of testing to see which which devices have which APIs where and when. And uh, yeah. But yeah, so it's a lot of self-discovery. In terms of the environment, though, it's for, for PodLP in particular, it's all JavaScript. Uh, it's a Svelte single-page app. So we built, the, in particular, in Svelte because I wanted the app to be really small because these are pretty resource-constrained devices. So the entire app with all of its resources, images, JavaScript, styles, etc., is just under, or just over 400 kilobytes now. Uh, I can hear Stephen B. <laughs> screaming at the top of his lungs. Svelte! <laughs> Yeah, that the the, uh, the the Svelte um evangelists may rival only the Rust evangelists in their uh, ability to constantly talk about Svelte. Uh, that's that's been my experience. What so what is your uh so you you test all on hardware. What is what's the biggest sort of pain point or constraint that you're 
that you deal with? Is it screen size and the variance of all the different devices having different screens? Is it storage, bandwidth, lack of a keyboard, low memory? Like what, what is your biggest obstacle that you're kind of constantly battling? Yeah, that's a, that's a really uh, (laughs) interesting question to tackle. I think there's definitely a lot of challenges. Some of the ones that you, that seem apparent like screen size are actually not really all that uh, challenging to, to navigate. And all the KaiOS devices have the exact same screen size, same screen resolution. Uh, so they largely have the same hardware, which definitely helps standardize things. Oh, I would I say more than, more than anything, between podcasting's lack of uniformity and KaiOS's lack of uniformity, uh, it, it feels like an- early days of Android. There's a lot of fragmentation, and so you end up having to build a lot of, of checks in place to say, like, if this is available, do this thing. And the same goes yeah. for podcasts, right? Like, I think I was looking at using the enclosure length attribute as something I could display for the size <laughs> of a podcast. And if then of it's course, there. Some, <laughs> yeah. But even, even sometimes it's set to zero. I found somewhere it's set to like one or two or three, which uh, <laughs> it looks like a real number, but that's not, you can't have, I, I think I, I looked this up. The MP3 header size is at least like 24 bytes or something. Welcome to yeah. Dave's nightmare. Yeah. I, I had an email from somebody the other day saying, Hey, I just started using the API and, uh, I've noticed a bug. A lot of the uh, dura- a lot of the durations uh, in the results are coming back as zero. I'm like, well, that's because they're not in the feed. <laughs> you know? Yep. Yeah, that that sounds about right. So between KaiOS and, and podcasting, it's definitely been a challenge dealing with the the lack of of completeness and, and uniformity. <laughs> so what have you what have you implemented uh, tag wise? Have you done the alternate enclosures? Yeah, so we have alternate enclosures. Uh, there's, oh, I have to go look now. We've got funding, location, person. Wow. Uh, there's just recently, I think it's, uh, we've got transcripts. So those actually show up both live. You can oh, have them read live or you can read them all. Dynamite. Oh, well. Hey, can you search them? You can't search them yet. Oh, no, okay. that's, all yeah, right. ne- next, next iteration. Yeah, I use that every single day. Every day, I'm like, oh, man, I think, you know, so here's my process. Like, oh, there's something, some news item. And then <clears throat> first I'll go to bingit.io, which indexes all of my show notes. I'll find, okay, I think it was this episode. Then I'll go to that episode, pop open the transcript and search. And then click listen. And then I can find a clip or I can find almost anything. It's, uh, as a research tool, unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Yeah, th- yeah, that I think search plus chapters would be super powerful. Definitely, definitely something I've got on the backlog. Um, but I don't think these devices come with search by default, so it's a pretty non-standard interface to begin with. Right, right. Well, that's that's an interesting question. No then, so left. yeah, right. Well, so two questions on that on that topic. One is how do you manage this this lack of a keyboard? Uh, because everybody, I'll, I'll tell you, I've I've known. Two people so far, uh, well, in, uh, with Adam three, I've known three people so far personally that have tried to go daily driver with a um, phone like the Alcatel, and the thing that always makes them bail out is the is how difficult it is to text, and so the the keyboard la- the lack of an on screen keyboard or a physical keyboard is like this deal killer for a lot of people. Do you do anything spe- special to try to make it easier for people to, to do like autocomplete search um, terms or anything like that? Like, how do you 
how do you deal with that? So we don't have autocomplete yet with search. Unfortunately, it is still pretty, uh, it's T9. It's still a pretty manual process for actually typing stuff out. Um, mm. So I don't think there's anything unique in that front. But I would say the rest of the application is actually probably pretty comparable in terms of discoverability for what you'd expect other apps, right? Scrolling is not really that different than holding the down key. Uh, it's, it's really not all that, you know, it's basically like a TV interface. If you think about a TV remote, it's basically got the D-pad navigation, and that's what these phones are. You can you can discover pretty easily, but you go to try to you know search for something on Netflix, and it's the pain. You got to go through this keyboard, yeah. and you're moving left and right. It's it's the same interface problem. I, I don't think there's anything unique that that we've solved in that that front. Yeah. Do you have uh, OPML import uh, if somebody's coming from another app? No, not yet. And it was mostly because it was the first, and and for a long time the only app. So we were the only other one out there. Um, but it's definitely something that, that I like, like a lot of things I've got a, a long list of yeah, things to get around yeah. the building. Yeah. And, and, um, one thing, one other thing on the search thing, as far as indexing, do you, is everything since it's HTML five, is everything just local storage or index DB or something like that on the, on, on the app? Is that what you're dealing with for storage? Yeah, there's a couple of different storage classes. Those are obviously available. The only caveat that I would add to that is you have to be pretty cautious uh, and conservative about what you store in these phones because they often have very limited storage capacity. Uh, you're rarely guaranteed to have more than a couple megs at most, and sometimes you don't even get that. So you have to be okay. you have to have the app work regardless of whether you can store. And then for downloads, it's a whole different system. They have a a, a iOS specific API for creating files and. We do that to stream podcasts in chunks and then save them locally uh, to uh, you know like an MP3 file on the device, and then you can play that back. What is the typical bandwidth uh, in India for um, for one of these phones? What what kind of throughput are they getting? Yeah, they're all 4G LTE, so they're they're pretty capable. They can on, on the low end. I think they're the minimum bar that they set is something around 10 megabits, and then on the upper end, they can they can get to three digits sometimes. You know, India being such a huge market. There's got to be a way that I can sell you curry.com for way too much money. <laughs> <laughs> hey, podcast.curry.com. It's hot, people. No, the the, Brit, the British would buy that before they, the... Uh, I've had inquiries. I've had inquiries. Heavy. Yes. I got pretty far one, one time. But... Uh, you- yeah. You, your whole world would collapse. I know it would. Curry. You can't <laughs> do it. There's so much tied to curry.com. I would be so screwed. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. not a good idea. You're right. Are you using the um, the API at all, Thomas? The podcast index API? Yeah, so I actually just added it like a couple of weeks ago, maybe over the Christmas break to the back end. It's the first time. So it's kind of funny. When I first launched PodLP, one of the things I was doing was basically following my curiosity. I had no idea how podcasting worked. And then I learned about RSS. And I was like, oh, where do you get these feeds? Then I learned about directories and indexes and stuff. And I sort of like organically discovered over time. But then you guys came out a few months after I launched. And I was like, damn, if you guys had, like, if the timing had worked out differently, <laughs> I wouldn't have bothered building all this stuff. But in retrospect, I'm glad I did because there's so many unique capabilities that we need that. You know, I don't think podcast index is doing and, and frankly, nobody's doing because we're the only ones who have to care about this stuff. Yeah, that, that really is the best way to go is to have have your own back end. And that way you can sort of take the raw uh, data coming out of an API like podcast index and then and then like filter it into what you need for your app. Yeah, that, that's definitely the way to do it. 
you know, the funding tag is is cool that you have that in there. That just, I just happen to know that uh, uh, PayPal will not accept uh, money from India. So we've had people try to send us donations, not to this show, but to No Agenda from India, and it always gets rejected. Not allowed from your country. Hmm. Huh, that's interesting. I, I mean, yeah, they, they surface basically just as links, and there is sure. no PayPal app on iOS. So I, I don't, I don't know how many people. It's it's probably not the right market if you're looking for a large volume of people funding via PayPal. On that note, something I, I should ask more developers. What do you do to track behavior? Do you track behavior of your users, how they're using it? Uh, how do you extrapolate that? Do you use that in your in your iterations? Yeah, so get a very basic uh, set of analytics uh, in terms of tracking behavior. You know, it's it's event based, so we can track like you know how many subscriptions are coming in, how many listens, things like that. Because it's all you know the API that we control every mm-hmm. time. Like we've got a standard uh, URL that you get for every time you want to get an enclosure URL, and it just redirects to the enclosure URL, and so that allows us to just count the number of listens that we get uh, and track like you know what podcast is uh, being listened to. That means that when we work with sponsors, we can tell them you know if you run a campaign, how many how many listens, how many downloads, how many subscribers do you get from your campaign? What's the conversion look like? Okay. But it is pretty basic, you know. It's not like we and it's all anonymous, so there's no sign up, there's no email, there's no phone number that you provide. Uh, so yeah, yeah, pretty, I, pretty basic anonymous analytics. Yeah, what I was what I was thinking more is you know I, th- I think some of these SDKs that you know that are out there for iOS and Android, um, which I think are developed by Facebook, they put all kinds of interesting metrics in there that you can uh, see how people are scrolling, what they're stopping on, how fast they're going. Is that available for iOS at all? Uh, definitely not provided by KaiOS. There might be some sort of web framework that you could use. Um, I, I tend to err on the side of being a little bit more mindful of privacy and security, so I, sure. I don't know that I would want to be that invasive. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think it, it's definitely, if, if there's something interesting that I could glean from it and do it in a way that um, doesn't hurt performance and, and doesn't impact privacy, then I'd consider it. It's interesting that it doesn't exist at all. And, and by the way, I'm very happy. I, I, I think that's that's the the... The worst part of app development is the only way you can really understand how people are using your app is by installing that SDK. And, of course, that reports everything to Facebook. Yeah, the telemetry. All the, the telemetry. Telemetry, telemetry, that's the word I was looking for, yeah. Wow, man, that's yeah. congratulations, uh, Thomas. That's, that's really, that's that's quite an accomplishment. I just love that you saw that that opportunity. And uh, and, I, and, and, and I saw it. Was, it's a great piece of software. I, I haven't uh, used it for a bit. Because I haven't used that phone, but it's really it's it's a it's a great app. Thank you. Yeah, I, I appreciate it, and you know, I, I think it's um, anything I can do to help uh, educate folks. I think people forget that you know just how how important this market is, right? I mean, even in the United States, there's still millions of people using feature phones every day, and I don't think it's going away anytime soon. Some people use it by choice, and some people, uh, you know, that's that's their um, that that's their their limitations or their capabilities. You know, my grandparents had flip phones and that they, they would never graduate to a smartphone you couldn't pay them to yeah since it's such a new market is there an opportunity here to um promote and uh, dave we should probably talk to uh, buzzsprout and rss.com and those guys about it is, is there an opportunity to promote podcasting 2.0 authoring features so that you know this relatively emerging new market can uh, start out of the gate with some modern shit and, you know, and not, 
just kickstart that because it seems you know that if creators are are aware of the app and they must be you know if there's some messaging there like hey you know you can do better you can do better than the west (laughs) yeah that's a good point something like that i think everybody is so locked in on um you know on the standard smartphone platforms that when you think when you imagine a podcast app you don't imagine in your head most average humans are not going to imagine at least in the u.s um they're not going to imagine something that looks like a KaiOS screen. No, they're, they're definitely not. But if you do, it sort of changes your perspective on things. Sort of like being aware of bandwidth limitations yeah. makes you see a need for something like alternate enclosure. Um, I mean, on that sort of vein, Thomas, what do you, what is the biggest thing that you can think of when it comes to the way feeds are constructed or delivered that, that is a problem for what you're trying to do. Like wh- what do you constantly run up against when you're uh, transmogrifying a, a feed, a podcast into something that can run and display efficiently on a small screen like that? Yeah, I think it, it always comes down to size at the end of the day, uh, whether that's the size of the RSS enclosure, like you mentioned. So having alternative enclosures is, is huge. Uh, you know, it, <laughs> It makes so much sense to have adaptable bit rates just because devices like this and probably other devices worldwide, even your smartphone on 3G doesn't really need to be streaming the highest bit rate if it's going to cause jank and lag uh, and buffering. It'd be better to stream a lower bit rate and stream it smoothly. Um, same with podcast images. That's an exciting one for, for me. The ability to have uh, you know a right size thumbnail that I don't have to generate and right. post myself would be really powerful. Um, everybody's hosting 3000 by 3000 images for the latest iPhone, which is great, but uh, that'll crash one of these phones. You can't display that on a yeah. screen that's one tenth the size. Oh, man. So those, those two are powerful. And then just thinking about and being mindful for like the length of, of titles. Um, I even noticed this, <laughs> like yeah. I was listening to Podland recently and, and, and it's great, but uh, some of their titles are like, <laughs> like 15 lines. On it scrolled screens. off on my screen too, on, uh, on pod friend. I saw the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> is, is a bu- buffer overflow the stack Something there, like that but, yeah and it wraps around to the next line goes over time lines and shit yeah <laughs> that's funny hey we're in yeah. a, a burgeoning industry here so it's, uh, it's all uh, fresh for everybody yeah exactly what is this what is the image art size for that you re- i guess you scale everything down to us to a standardized size yeah, I scale everything down to 128 pixels, and it was pretty arbitrary, to be honest. These phones are 240 by 320. I just wanted something that was uh, large enough that I could scale it up a little bit if I needed to in certain contexts. But most of the time, it occupies you know, maybe a quarter of width at most. And so uh, mm. it's just something that was it was going to be small enough, not too small. And, and usually with that, that size, we're able, I think I average, if I look at my stats, I average like a 93% uh, file size reduction in, in thumbnail images by scaling them down that way. Oh, wow. Okay. Have you in- been to India? I have not. <laughs> there were plans to, and then the pandemic. And so oh, yeah, that, of course. And in India, you die and they burn you outside, so don't go. <laughs> but what, are you concerned at all about the long-term viability of KaiOS as, as an operating system? I mean, I know there's some I mean, I know it's been around a while, but I also know that uh, I think this is accurate from what I remember that 
Google provides like half their funding or more. Yeah, I don't know if they're. I mean, I know Google's invested in them, so I. Yeah, I, I think don't they know put twelve what, million dollars in or something at some point, if I remember. Yeah, I don't know what portion of their funding is attributed to companies like that. I wouldn't. I mean, I would say I'm not. I'm not too concerned about it, and there's a couple of reasons. Uh, one is that telcos worldwide are moving towards 4G as a minimum standard going forward. Uh, there's 2G, 3G network shutdowns across the world, and even here in the U.S. Uh, yeah, and the yeah. other reason is there's still half of the world's population unconnected to any form of, of network device, whether that's a phone or a computer or, or like any internet capability. And so when people think about, you know, a lot of people talk about the future phone market as being something that's sort of transition, transitionary or temporary. Uh, I, I, it might be, but it might not. I frankly think we're talking about decades before we're anywhere near, uh, you know, having everybody on a, a smartphone with electricity and internet and all of that. So. I think there's a long way to go. The um, I remember now. It was $22 million that Google invested in KaiOS, and they did it to have, uh, you know, the integrate Google Search, Google Maps, YouTube, Google Assistant. Now, Google Assistant on KaiOS is quite impressive. But, of course, anyone who's using, uh, in America, uh, a feature phone is anti-Google. <laughs> Probably doesn't yeah. really want that feature. But I remember the Google Assistant being really good. Yeah, I think, Dave, you were asking a while ago what we're doing about search, and that's actually one of the answers to that. On Geo, they have their own version of this, and in, in the U.S. They ha- and around the world, they've got Google Assistant. You can hold down the center enter button, and I think after two or three seconds, a microphone will appear, and you can speak what you want. So I could say, like, you know, podcasting 2.0, and then it'll put that into the input box, which is really powerful, like you were saying. Whether or not you like Google, uh, yeah. it's, it's a really nice feature to have. Yeah. And they make that. Where does that API come from? Is that something that they, that KaiOS baked in for on Google's behalf, or is that do you for twenty two million dollars? For twenty two yeah, million dollars, that's yeah. what that's how they baked <laughs> it in. Do it. Hello, do it. <laughs> hey, hey, Google, we'll bake you in. No problem. We'll bake yeah. you into the cookie dough, but we'll bake <laughs> you in. Yeah, it's just part of the standard framework. If you have an input element, it's just there. I think you can disable it if you want to. Um, yeah. So, you know, if you want to get rid of that feature and then they show a microphone icon and that's actually a shadow element. If you're talking about how that's implemented, like in the shadow DOM, uh, you can see that it's just like an, another, I don't know, a GIF or an SVG or something that they load over the input. It, it just blows my mind that on us, you'd have a feature phone with it has all these limited uh, hardware and the choice you make for that platform as the OS is essentially like a deconstructed browser uh, instead of something like, uh, I don't know, some sort of real-time, or not real-time OS, but some sort of embeddable OS like QNX or uh, 10, was it 10 Sin? I forgot what Samsung's thing. Like there's there's a lot of these embeddable OSs and it, it's funny that they, that what you get with KaiOS is essentially a browser. Um, but But if you can do it that way, it makes so much sense because you just get all this, sort of stuff for free you get a really good layout with css and Mm -hmm. you get all the standard browse and you also get instant developer support because any front-end developer could really kind of just understand it even if the documentation is not that great like it makes so much sense but it still kind of blows my mind that you can cram a browser into such limited constrained hardware you know 
Yeah, the I mean the history. It's based on Firefox OS, so under the hood, it's really just running the Firefox browser. Uh, and it's like oh, you said, right. I think it's really interesting, especially when you look at the newer devices coming out. They're they're pretty smooth now. You know, the, the early devices like that banana phone that you might have had was a little janky, but dude, come a long the way. Nokia eighty one ten. Yeah. Oh, uh, I have five of those. I ordered them all from China and none of them worked on the US networks. But they were like 30 bucks. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, there's the new Nokia. And I got the one from the UK. No, no, no. And even though they said, oh, yes, work in America. Very good. That's a perfect system. He said with a racist accent. And uh, it didn't, of course. But man, I love that. I had the original one, the, the Matrix phone. Oh, yeah, they're. They're collector's items at this point. Yeah, yeah. Like, there was a oh man. Nokia had a phone that fit in the palm of your hand back in the day. Do you remember that one? It uh, sounds like a lot of them. <laughs> no, but I mean, it was it was miniature. What was the uh, miniature Nokia? I don't remember the Nokia one. I had an Ericsson that would fit in the palm of your hand. That okay. was so tiny. This was even smaller. This was even. This was the the thirty three ten mini. I think thirty three ten. Yeah, it fits in between your thumb and your forefinger. Are you kidding me? Yeah, no yeah. You could you could barely make a phone call. You could. Ah, it was impossible to text. Yeah, it was impossible to text. Are they have, oh, the a, they is, have a mini twenty twenty one now. What is this? Is it also a mini mini? Oh, I can't tell. No, that's that's a smartphone. Yeah, no, okay. it's, it's, oh, it was good times, man. Good times. Yeah, that device looks crazy. Now, now next, they got to get that to run KaiOS. <laughs> right? How really does that work? Exactly. <laughs> How does that even work? Your album art can be uh, can be sixty four by sixty four pixels. Pixel pixels. Yes. <laughs> Sounds about right. So what's your uh, so what does your device lineup look like? I mean, you said you had an array of of phones. Like, what? How do you make sure that that it looks decent across everything? If you're and do you have to? I'm assuming. I'm assuming here since you don't use the simulator that you have to unplug, replug, build, unplug, replug. I mean, like you have to go through this pop, 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 pop scenario. Yeah. So I actually, one of the things that I did was spend the time to make sure that the app works, the same build works on all environments. It doesn't matter whether it's a geo phone, doesn't matter if it's a KaiOS phone, doesn't matter if it's KaiOS 2.5 or 3.0. Um, so it's the same build that runs everywhere. And that took a little bit of extra time to, to do all of that sort of, you know, detection environment detection at runtime, but mm-hmm. it definitely helps me because I don't have to then spend all this time thinking about managing five different builds. Uh, and then my lineup literally got like these things sitting on the floor. I've got that, that 80, the 8110 4G, the matrix phone in yellow. Mm-hmm. I've got two geo phones. Uh, I've got two Alcatel flip phones. Um, I've got <laughs> some, one from Europe that was, I don't know how this, it was like a prototype model that was on eBay that I saw and I bought. It came pre-rooted, which was amazing. I didn't have to mm-hmm. do anything. It like came with SU installed. <laughs> oh, wow. uh, yeah, and then I've got a couple others. I got like this blue phone that's an absolute piece of trash. It sells for like thirty bucks. <laughs> but it's, it, the, it, it pot LP sounds awful on it because it's got I think a mono speaker on the back, and so you listen to it, and everything sounds like you're listening to tinfoil. <laughs> uh, but yeah, using the, the whole array, it's pretty easy to test. And then I, I don't always test it on everything because the screen size is the same for every device. Uh, or screen resolution, rather, not size. Um, so, yeah, I don't so usually have to do too much in terms of layout conformity, but uh, definitely some around, like, feature capability. I always test on the geophones. Performance and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, so what, like, so if the screens are the same resolution, I guess they just stretch them and sort of adapt them to a little bit different uh, 
format. Yeah, every screen is 240 by 320. And then the only the <laughs> only exception to that rule is the Geophone 2 with the keyboard, which is just flipped to 320 by 240. Oh, it's sideways. Okay, I got you. Yep. Yeah. That's, you, you've, you essentially got, it sounds like what you have is like a, uh, an old school, like a garage band pedal board with like, you know, all the, all this lineup of devices on it, like distortion pedal, flanger, you know, that's funny. Yeah, I, I definitely, you were talking about the different OSs and I, I, I have a couple other Nokia phones and I've been thinking someday about trying to make one for one of those real time OSs, something with like, you know, like eight megabytes of RAM. How, how would you even make that work? And so that, that would be a really interesting challenge to have to, to work through. Assembly language, all assembly language. <laughs> Sounds maintainable. Yeah, yeah, it does. So, do you have like some kind of build pipeline uh, that you have that where you like push out a build and it and it adapts it for each one of those different uh, devices? You said you said so that you don't have to build uniques. And it's the same build everywhere, so it's the same compiled JavaScript whether it's running on one phone or the other. Uh, okay, so that's okay. that's pretty easy to manage. And I use Rollup for the build process. Uh, which I think is fine. I, I haven't invested too much time into the different tools, but I know there's at one point I used to use Webpack. There's like a million out there now. No oh, Webpack. I hate that thing so much. <laughs> sorry, sorry to all the JavaScript guys, but Webpack's a steaming pile of garbage. Ah, <laughs> oh, this developer talk is so sexy. Keep going. Sorry, uh, um, I, I see the floor to you. <laughs> well, no, I, um, I guess the, uh, the, before we get to uh, our break here and thank a couple people, is there anything else that we could do to make it more efficient for you? Yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting question. I think you've already done a lot, like I mentioned, through alternative enclosures and images. Um, I'll have to, I'll have to give it a little bit more thought, but I think like, I, I definitely see it going in the right direction. There hasn't been you know, I haven't supported every tag yet, partly because of time and partly because uh, some of the constraints on these devices, like real-time streaming, is definitely a whole different can of worms than, uh, you know, just loading like a, an MP3. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think if anything, it's just the awareness of this will help podcasters understand. And then at some point, I'd like to help build tools to show people what it would look like on PodLP uh, or other apps so that they can get an appreciation for the many yeah. different places their podcast could be. Uh, and that'll help them think about like whether you're talking about names or, or uh, descriptions or images or anything like that. I know like Pod News, for example, they were doing podcast images, and it's it's really cool how they adapted the logo to go from one that includes like word marks and a full detail to one that when it gets scaled down to like 300 or less is is just iconography. Oh, I love that. I love I love it when they take when people take time to really care about the different sizes and they don't yeah, just James, run it through a James yeah. is good like that. He's very good yeah. about stuff. cuz I I think the RSS generator creates one thumbnail, but I probably I probably haven't really focused on as a creator this I haven't been educated I've been schooled exactly on I mean I understand the concept let me just see, because we have it podcasting 2.0. I think we had one's auto generated. Um, what size is it? And I guess I can put more in. And so, is there is there standard? Here it is. I've got. Uh, what is this? Eight. You're talking about, you're talking about the genie. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the eight eight hundred and sixteen pixels. Hmm, that's the width. I'm not quite sure. I understand all of this. So, I, but I, I can add one here. So, what sizes do you need so I can do this the right way? 
or how, or, I, or how I, do I find out about this? So I take, put that in all of my, um, yeah. So I put it in all of my, uh, my systems. Yeah. I think podcasting, the, the 2.0, uh, icon scales down pretty well, just the way it is. But if you're, if you're a podcaster out there and you've got like word marks or, or like really detailed images where you need to see sort of the nuance, but just scale it down to 300 by 300 and then scale it down again to 128 by 128 okay. and see what it looks like. And if it looks good on your computer, then great. It's probably fine. If it's like a really, you know, high key sort of saturated icon based image, mm-hmm. it'll probably be fine. But if you've got like a really detailed photograph that you're okay. using, maybe of a person or a place, um, just think about what that will look like when you scale it down to something like 128. And if it if it doesn't look right, then you might need to make some changes to how, how it'll get presented. You know what would be great is to have like some like a I don't know if you do stuff like this, Thomas, but have like some kind of blog post or something where you sort of go over a thumbnail yeah. sketch of what the perfect um, set of of constraints for an RSS feed would look like to be presentable on a uh, pod LP. So to 9 million people. Size. Yeah. Yeah. It's image art of this uh, uh, album art, uh, these, this resolution uh, use, using the, and use the images tag, um, you know, use alternate enclosure with a couple with these specific bit rates, like something like that would be fantastic if you ever had time. Cause then we could, you know, push that out there and make people just raise awareness that these, that this is such a big market. That's a great idea. Yeah, we've got a blog at blog.podlp.com. Definitely could use more love. I don't post there very frequently. So that's a good one to to post about to show both the imagery, like you were saying, uh, and then sort mm-hmm. of behind the scenes, what that would look like. You know, right now it's a little bit tricky because I don't, I don't think I know of a podcast host that supports images, but I don't, I also don't see why they wouldn't moving forward because at the very least, if all you do is scale down the album art, they're going to save money on bandwidth in the future. Because if you yeah. click in and all you see is the thumbnail and you don't go to the details and load the full image, then that's, you know, like I said, 93% of, of bandwidth on that image that they're not loading and paying for. And I, and I encourage you to highlight uh, any of the podcasts that show all of the tags in use <clears throat> uh, on the KaiOS device. Uh, there's this uh, very popular Indian uh, podcaster. His name is Curry, and he has a number of podcasts. <laughs> and you should, you should consider, uh, you consider highlighting some of those shows to show off what podcasting really can do. That's the owner of curry.com, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hello. I've heard of that guy. <laughs> yeah, I heard that somewhere. I don't I don't recall. But in all seriousness, you know, um and I'm I'm this is something you probably should ask all uh, app developers is any time that you can highlight any podcasting 2.0 compatible show, you know, and maybe say, "Hey, look at the future of podcasting." You know, this is what you can do now. Hey, are you a podcaster? You can do this. Uh, learn more here. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I think I remember pinging the, your Twitter handle. I think maybe, Dave, you responded when I, was, when I was starting to build some of the support for different tags. I was like, hey, what podcast do I use to test this on? Like, is there one actually out there that I can use? Mm. Uh, I don't remember which one I gave you. Probably John Chigi. Because he he's he's more he's he's a bigger builder at the beginning than we were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We finally got all the tags. So yeah, I know you got a hard out, uh, Thomas, and uh, coming up. And do we want to go ahead and thank some people? Yeah, do you want to hang around while we do this, Thomas? We can, we can say goodbye after that. Yeah, sounds good. Okay, this is the most fun part of the show. <laughs> it is. <laughs> this is a value for value project. The whole project is value for value. 
so not just the podcast, but uh, everything that you heard us talking about is all supported by people who either want to support the project or are in the project. That's where most of our support comes from. And uh, you can do that through a number of means. You can boost us through any modern podcast app at newpodcastapps.com. Uh, but we also uh, fully accept f- uh, fiat fund coupons, so as long as they're good, uh, through our um, uh, PayPal, which you can find at podcastindex.org down at the bottom. Big red donate button. Who do we thank this week, Dave? Uh, well, right out of the gate, Marco Arm at $500. Yeah, every beautiful. month. Yes. Every month, man. Thank you so much, Marco. Yeah. Um, and. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm hoping. So I'm pretty sure he said he was working on chapters a while back. Soon as, soon as he puts in the first podcasting 2.0 uh, tag support, it's all uh, over. Gonna, it's gonna, all I'm over. Work, I'm gonna work. <laughs> I'm gonna work hard on getting him, getting him on the show so we can uh, so we can talk about it. Ah, oh, uh, that'd be that'd be cool. This is a, yeah. a, that would be a good get, as we say in the business. Yeah, he does. I think he does shows every now and then. Yeah, not very yeah. often, but yeah. Um, thank you, Marco. I really appreciate it. That's one of the biggest sustaining donations that we have on a yeah. monthly basis um my th- this is all over the map uh i usually have everything nice and separated but it's just a big pile of paper right now michael goggin gave us five dollars um and i think he yeah michael goggin he's a uh monthly supporter thank you michael uh charles current gave us five dollars that's a monthly uh that's a monthly charles. donation yeah these, these matter a lot that's a whole server yep uh, it is, yeah. The five dollars servers, uh, the five bucks pays for a uh, one of our uh, ingesters, Manticore, uh, one of our Manticore search boxes. Hey, and uh, even with, is there any inflation on that yet from Linode? Uh, no, no, they were uh, they've somehow managed to uh, resist the inflationary pressure. <laughs> oh, good. It's PPP money. They yeah. got PPP money. <laughs> uh, Chris Bargeron sent us twenty five fifty two. A nice little uh, new what, what do you call it? Numerology palindrome. Or, Palindrome, that's mm-hmm. it. Uh, he says, go podcasting. Oh, indeed. Go podcasting! <laughs> Thank you, Chris. Uh, Timothy Hudgens, my buddy, gave us uh, $25. That's a recurring monthly. Uh, thank you, Tim. Uh, might be seeing Tim tonight. I'm not sure. Uh, David Woodfine gave us $3. Uh, he's That's a monthly. Thank you, David. Uh, we got a new automatic. Uh, got a new monthly subscription from, uh, and I'm thinking this is, Oh, yep, it's Dutch. Okay. <laughs> yeah, a dollar a month, but his his name is Vessel Proust. Is that right? Vessel, the first name, what's the last name? How do you spell it? T-R-O-O-S-T? Trost. Trost. Yes. Vessel Trost. <laughs> is, that, is that perfect? Did I nail it? Yeah, you, exactly? yeah, you nailed it. I nailed okay. it. You're a Dutchman now. Okay. He's from uh, from the Netherlands. Thank you, Vessel. Yeah. Uh, that, let's see. Oh. Survive on the Mastodon, uh, Survive Yavash. He gave us uh, five dollars. That's a monthly donation. He's that. Um, uh, they're still working on their uh, podcast system. There. No, oh, what are they working uh, on? Um, this. Uh, I had a meeting with with him. Oh, what's the name of his company? Is it? Um, what, you had a meeting and you didn't invite me. No, no. This is like two months ago. It's <laughs> like a Zoom thing. Just fucking with you, man. I'm not. I'm not allowed to have uh, meetings. Not, not allowed to have meetings without me. No. Yeah. <laughs> um. Let's see. Uh, Keith Gibson, big supporter for a long time, gave us $50. That's a $50 yeah, month subscription. Thank you, Keith. Uh, Dwayne Goldie, <coughs> long timer, $8. $8 a month. Thank you, Dwayne. Paul Erskine, 
Eleven dollars and fourteen cents. Hmm. Uh, that's another monthly. Thank you. Interesting number. Uh, thank you, Paul. Uh, yeah, he, he said it, it added up at the end of the year. You total them all up, and it adds up to something. Oh, he's got an annual donation. Got it. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it. Uh, oh, here we go. Benjamin Bellamy, our buddy. Yes, of course. Gives fifty. Gives fifty dollars. Oh, thank you. Uh, says thank you for your unwavering dedication to keep podcasting open. Happy podcasting 2.0 year. Go podcasting. Viva la boost. Yes. And now, as the French say, it is time for le boost. (laughs) It must hurt a Frenchman to do the accentuated French accent as a gag. It must hurt him. That's really appreciated, Benjamin. Thank you. I think he gets loads of amusement from it. Yeah, uh, probably. Just, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, the French uh, are so much smarter than we are. He's just above it. Oh, yes, I make them laugh. Yeah. Those little uh-huh. American podcast peoples. Plebs. Plebs. Uh, <laughs> the podcast plebs. <laughs> okay. Uh, we've got a new, we got some, those are our PayPals. We got some boostergrams, though. We got, yeah. Um, we've also got a new, uh, new jingle. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I see Round two here. Round two from Kyle Bear. I see um, two. I see yeah. two here. Hit them both. Don't just stand there. Boost. <laughs> that was from last week. <laughs> Love it. And then- Boost. Nice. <laughs> Kyle, Kyle's loading us up, man. It's like a train in here. Um, uh, link to that is in the show notes. It's the, uh, the boost bait link if you're looking for it. Don't you want to do this, Tom? Uh, Thomas, don't you want to get on get in on the uh, on the boosting? slinging sats boostergram train? It's awesome. Thomas has like left the room. Sats <laughs> <laughs> No, I, yeah, I um, like I said, I, I it's a different world for me. I don't, uh, I don't know how how can I accept crypto payment on Kios? Um, we give we don't understand any of the details. We just give you irrational pressure to try to make you do things. That's just how it works around here. Um, we can show you. Okay. We can show you how to do that with wallets and everything when you, when you're ready for it, Thomas. Yeah, yeah, for real. Uh, oh, Breeze Anonymous, sixty nine, sixty nine Sats show show donation from last week. Ooh, nice. Thank the you. message is simply boost, boost, boost. Um, what do we got here? Uh, oh, Dreb Scott, ten thousand sats. <laughs> ah, he always. says, "Go podcasting." Yeah, Dreb, thank you. Dreb Scott, man, the Bruce Wayne of podcasting 2.0. <laughs> He's like, Dreb's uh, like, can I do more? Can I like, uh, you know, change your tires? I'll do anything. I want to do more for podcasting 2.0. Dreb, you are going <laughs> above and beyond, brother. Above and beyond. He's the the uh, the chapter factory. Ooh, the chapter factory. A good name. It's a good name. Chapter factory. It's a name uh, for a band, even. Booberry mm-hmm. gave us three fountain, one. gave us uh, 12, uh, 12,121 sats. One, two, one, two, one. Ooh, I like nice. it. Thank you. Uh, Palindrome. One boost, two boost, red boost, blue boost. Is what Yay. Okay. That's a, that's <laughs> a lyricist. Uh, oh, we got some new names in here, by the way, too. Uh, we got, let's see, through fountain, we got a 3330 sats. From somebody named Hornloaded. <laughs> no, Hornloaded has been around. I think it's a no agenda person, maybe. Okay, you may find Dreb, Dreb was Dreb was pushing uh, boosting on uh, no agenda social pretty hard. So I think he's he's pushing people. The Rogan appearance may start to kick in a little bit. This stuff, yeah, it comes in waves. Go slow. 
Oh, Dreb. <laughs> doing doing more even more work. Mm-hmm. Uh, go podcasting is what Horn Loaded says. Yeah. Go podcasting! Oh, here we go. Mere Mortals podcast. This is from our buddy Kyron. Uh, 4,321 sats, 4321 through Fountain. And he says, does, does this hinted at company have the ability to onboard people worldwide? I would love to give specific instructions to listeners and wouldn't need to change based on location. Always sucks hearing about cool things until the end sentence is, except if you live in X. Um, well, I know this pain all too well. We're, we're the world's taint. <laughs> Australia, the world's taint. I like it. And I, uh, I, albeit extremely large and testosterone filled. <laughs> did he put that in his note? Yes, 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 yes he did. <laughs> Australia is the extremely I, large intestine filled taint of the world. Hey, this is a taint, mate. Yeah. <laughs> so, we actually had a meeting with uh, with said company, and uh, which was interesting. We uh, we learned a lot about their business, and uh, where we're at right now is indeed they would like to do it worldwide. I don't know if they actually have that mechanism. It seemed like they don't have it yet, but that w- that is the intent, and we discussed that specifically. Yeah, uh, and it there- seemed like part of it may work, and the other, and part of it might not. So, yeah, well, the the one part that may actually work is that uh, you know what they want to do is is very simple: a sign up bonus. You sign up to buy Bitcoin through them; they give you five dollars uh, free in Sats. Right into your podcast wallet. That's yeah. the idea. Um, so we'll have to talk about the taint territories. Uh, we'll, uh, <laughs> Taintatories. Uh, these guys seem like they want to move fast, so uh, we're we'll uh, we'll keep you posted. Sure, hope so. But I I understand that, and I know it's one of Cridland's biggest uh, complaints, and this rightly so. But this is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Well, there you go. This is the uh, this is this is a problem that Bitcoin solves. Everybody can it, use yeah. Bitcoin all over the world right now today, sending value to any podcaster anywhere in the world. And you could the pro- the problem here is not the Bitcoin. The no. problem here is the traditional bi- yes. banking and finance industry. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So, uh, but you can buy Bitcoin somewhere in Australia, I presume. Yes. Um, Harv Hat gave us twenty two two twenty two twenty two thousand two hundred twenty two sats row of ducks. Oh, yes. He says, uh, happy duck hunting. That's that's hilarious. Uh, Chad Farrow gave us 33-33 sats through Fountain. He says, all aboard, trains good, planes bad. Woo-woo! Oh, shoot, man. Oh, you didn't have it loaded up. No, how how do I know that? Hold on a second. Here we go. All aboard, trains good, planes bad. Uh, Anonymous through Breeze gave us a row of ducks, twenty two twenty two, and he says, "Great new row of ducks boost jingle." Yeah, we like it a lot. <laughs> Brian of London through CurioCaster said, uh, "He could say he said nineteen thousand four hundred eighty sats," and he says, I "Had to up my boost amount for that mention." Adam, thank you. I would honestly say that your words about Podping are the best thing I've ever been told about anything I've ever built on a computer, even beyond my PhD. Huh? It means a huge amount to me. Wow. Oh, that was a heartfelt note from Brian. Well, and uh, it just so happens um, I do have um, diplomas that I hand out for uh, for these occasions. <laughs> so and not only uh, was it a better feeling than your PhD, I will top it with a very nice certificate. 
Uh, but it's but I meant it, uh, Brian, and I appreciate you using the Boostergram to contribute content to the show. Yeah, um, yeah. Thank you, uh, thank you, Brian and Alex for all the yes. work y'all are putting into part Podping. It's it's killer. Are you using Podping in any way, Thomas? I was actually just exploring that this past week to figure out the best way to connect it to our systems. Uh, okay. So I definitely plan to in the near future. Uh, hit, hit me up with anything you need. I mean, it's all very simplistic from the consumption end. So I can, I can give you code or whatever, you know, whatever you need for, to make that happen. It's very simple. Um, John, uh, John's BRT gave us uh, 49,490, 49,490 sats. Wow. Fountain. And he says, uh, pod sage making up for last week. Uh, nice. John's you are, you are redeemed. That's declare you. you redeemed. Yes, that's uh, that's a nice dollar amount. That's good fiat fun stuff. Uh, Brian Mozzie gave us twenty two twenty two row of ducks through fountain, and he says boost. I got to record you saying that sometime because that's <laughs> that's getting pretty good. I'm, uh, I'm working on it. Sir Bargy gave us fifteen hundred sets, and he says go podcasting. Indeed, go podcasting. <laughs> I said he. It's technically it could be a woman. Uh, let's see. Oh, that's Sir Bargy again. Fifteen hundred sets. Go mm-hmm. podcasting. Right. Um, Sir Bill, twenty two twenty two. A row of ducks through fountain. He says, couldn't stop laughing at the duck hunt. This <laughs> You like it too? <laughs> yeah, you're a psychic, my friend. Um, signs of new growth. Interesting. Oh, I guess that's. I think that's the name of a pod of a podcast. Give us uh, 33,333 sats. Holy crap. Very nice. Thank you. <laughs> and the message is, signs of new sats. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> signs of new growth. I'm pretty sure that's a podcast. Yeah, it sounds like it. it. Sounds right. Yeah. Okay. Our buddy Cass Peeland, 3,300 sats through Fountain, and he says, ha ha, boost, boost you later. Okay. Boost, <laughs> boost, J-E- boost. La- is that Dutch? Okay. Boost you later. No, boost you uh, later, alligator. Uh, thanks for the work. Someday I need to explain my nickname, Wink. I would love to hear the nickname. Oh, yeah. boy. I want to hear that story. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Adam is less enthusiastic I about hearing the story well, of the nickname. Well, you know, the, the Dutch, this is just a little bit of history. When Napoleon uh, conquered uh, the Netherlands at, at the time, um, they made everybody register with the government, with the, you know, with the, with this new tyrannical uh, government. And the Dutch, very, very typical. They said, "Oh, okay, yeah, sure, we'll register." What's your name? My name is John's son. Okay, <laughs> yeah. And so you have the weirdest names. You know, there's a lot of bakers. What's your name, Baker? You know, because the guy was a baker. What's your name, Butcher? Okay, yeah. I'm John Butcher. And so this, to this day, there are people with the weirdest names, like, you know, Butt Scratcher and stuff. like. It's really, <laughs> because, you know, of course, some of these people got drunk, like, oh, I'm going to register my name. <laughs> Butt yeah, Scratcher, yeah. Pete Butt Scratcher. Yeah, what's and, your name, Seymour? And, Butts. So, and, that, and that became Ben Dover, yeah. Yeah. And, and it beca- that became, uh, you know, the, the record. They wrote it down, and everyone stuck with it. So, whenever there's a Dutch an explanation of a Dutch name, I kind of hold on to my uh, my hat. You never know what's coming. It's like my grandmother; she never knew how old she was or any of her relatives were. She had to go look in. The, everybody used to write it down in the Bible in the front. The oh, really? Front huh. Few pages of the Bible. I don't know if there's any other country that did this, but like the first maybe 
10 pages of, of all the family Bibles in the U.S. had a genealogy section, and you would write down your mom, your dad, your brothers, your huh. sisters, and when they were born. I don't know why it was that way, but it, like, that's, it had room for that, and you would put in that she'd, she'd have to go look it up. You know? She's How? like, I don't know. I don't remember. She lost the yeah. Bible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Let's see. That's interesting. Fountain, uh, this is from, somebody gave us one sat. Thanks. (laughs) Uh, Well, hold on, hold on. on. Sat streamer. (laughs) It's literally a sat streamer. Okay. Uh, What app lets this happen? Fountain. The fountain. Stop that immediately. Oscar, shut this down. (laughs) But he did have a nice note. It says, thanks for having Hass McCook on the show. All right, thanks. Yeah, yeah, well, you're welcome. You know, there's your Bitcoin community, your philanthropic Bitcoin community, everybody. Thanks for the yeah. sat. Uh, Scott gave us uh, 10,420 sats yeah, through Fountain. Go. Very nice. He says, first, thanks to everyone. Go podcasting 2.0. Yeah, podcasts around are cool. Tw- around 2010, I created a cannabis news and cannabis entrepreneur podcast and tried starting a cannabis podcast network called. Cannabis B Podcast Network, hmm. Pollinating Minds. Ooh. It might be time to resurrect the website and gear it all around podcasting 2.0. Well, I agree. Yeah, completely, ma'am. I Make bet, it happen. I bet you a lot of people out there would support it. Because you and, know, it's uh, very hard to do ads and stuff. It's hard to even bank if, you, if you're selling weed or promoting it or talking about it. It's very difficult. Is, is Jamaica a big market for uh, KIOS phones there, uh, Thomas? I'll have to check. I don't okay. think so. All right. They got Chinese just, crap in there. I think it's all, uh, they got uh, Huawei. Blanket uh, of the island. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Cool. Yeah. Jamaica, really? uh, China took over Jamaica. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's join the club. Uh-huh. Uh, Cole McCormick gave us 333 sats through the fountain. He says, I'm working on my shit. Okay. All, all right. right. <laughs> that's, that's Woo-hoo! Good luck with that. <laughs> good, good luck with that, Cole. Uh, let's see. Um, oh, Layman Creations. Our buddy Andy Layman gave us 222 sats uh, through Fountain. He says, Dave, thanks for making Helipad. Um, the now almost unbroken Helipad. I will talk about that later. I love hearing the pew-pew as a boost, as a boost comes in. Abused is what I said. Abused. <laughs> I love hearing the pew-pew as a boost comes in. If you have not checked out my podcast, Dudes and Dads <laughs> Podcast... Go to dudesanddadspodcast.com or any new podcast app. Thank you for all you do with the Podcast Index. Well, you're welcome, Andy. Thank you yeah, for man. the sats. Oh, yeah, let's see. We got a couple more. Almost uh, almost here through it. Uh, we got Nomad Joe gave us 500 sats. And he says, uh, boosting to hear the cowbell. Cowbell? Cowbell? I haven't, had a, I haven't had a cowbell in the studio for five, six, seven years. I don't, I don't have a cowbell, man. I'm sorry. How you doing, Booster? I got that for you. That's, a, that's close enough. Yeah, text. That's pretty close. Yeah. Um, oh, wait. Somebody else came in. Uh, this looks like the same person that gave us one sat, <laughs> but he gave us 2112 sats this time. Oh, well, Rush Boost. Uh, Sir Pilgrim. I wonder if that's Harry Pilgrim. Says, uh, hey, Dave, help Adam. The correct way to pronounce this boost is a 2112. I'll give him a break on the rush since he grew up in Holland. <laughs> yeah, it's a rush boost. I know. I, I, know. I recognize the rush boosts. Don't just stand there. Boost! Um, comic strip blogger, rounding it out. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Gave us 10,033 sats through Podfriend. Nice. He says, greetings to Dave Jones and to the and to hubby of Tina the Keeper. You're welcome to... Li- so, you're now known as the husband of Tina. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. She's taken over. She's she's now a podcast star. She's got the bug. She's like uh, making lists of topics and emailing yeah. with people and making a new album art. Oh, yeah. Now, I've unleashed a, a beast. Well, all the nine-year-olds in my wife's my wife's name is Melissa. All the all the nine-year-olds in her class uh, in her classroom uh, call me Mister Melissa. So that's, Ooh, uh, nice, Mister yeah. <laughs> uh, Melissa. Mister Melissa has Dave. that cool truck. <laughs> greetings to Dave Jones and the hubby of Tina the Keeper. You're welcome to listen to our podcast about artificial intelligence entitled AI Cooking, read by former BBC actor Gregory William Forsyth Foreman from Kent in Old England. Just search in any podcast app for AI.cooking to find this podcast. Yo! Mm-hmm. Yo! And thank you to all of our boosters and our um, our other contributors, our monthlies especially. Thank you all so much for supporting Podcasting 2.0. Um, it's a slow grind, but the, the growth is really... <laughs> if you, When in doubt, zoom out. It's been spectacular what we've done so far. And uh, <clears throat> from zero to a year and a half in... It, the ability to do this and have this feedback loop in podcasting is extremely exciting. Here's your cue to boost. You know you want to. Thomas, you got time for one more question or you got a bell? Yeah, I got time. Um, I just wanted to ask you about live. I finally got the live tag situated. It's done. It's baked. I'm I'm not touching it anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm done. So do do you have is there any way you think you could do like a live streaming in in a KaiOS phone or do you think it's just too limited? Live streaming is definitely possible. Um I haven't looked into what it what it looks like under the hood. Is it HTTP live streaming HLS or is it something else? Uh well, it'll so the spec calls for um highly you know, it here's here's the way the spec reads. It's like live item looks just like an irregular item uh, with just a couple of added properties, and that's a start time, an end time, and a status attribute that sit on the live item uh, element itself. And then everything else inside of the live item uh, uh, element, all the children of it, are the same identical stuff that you would find in a regular podcast item tag. And so then, but the only, the, the wording around it is, we really want you to have like all three of these tags an enclosure, excuse me, an alternate enclosure, a regular enclosure, uh, with, uh, and then a fallback content link URL that somebody could link out if, if the app just cannot support, uh, the stream at all. And so the, the, and then there's also wording in there that suggests, Hey, you know, even though alternate enclosure can handle lots and lots of different various, uh, codecs and transport protocols, you really kind of want to start with supporting the basics of just an MP3 stream and an MP4 stream if it's video uh, to try to like maximize compatibility across platforms. So that's that's sort of the rundown real quick. Yeah, I I would say I can definitely take a look. I, I'll uh, poke around and find some folks that are supporting and see if I can test it out just uh, on one of my devices. But I don't, I don't see if it's M, if it's MPEG streaming. I don't see why it wouldn't work. That'd be, that would be so be pretty cool neat to have live streaming on these devices. That would be yeah, so cool, cool man. Yeah. Can, you, can you trigger an alert? 
Um, yeah, uh, we can trigger push notifications. So if you had like a subscription and the subscription had a new live item coming up, we oh. could send something that was like, "Hey, there's a you know something streaming right now." Yeah, this hot new uh, Bollywood podcaster Curry. <laughs> yeah. Curry, yes, Curry, he's, he's Curry live. Curry is live. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's how it's going to hook into one of the ways that Podping is going to come into this is that Pod Podping the next version of it that they're about to release is going to have. The notification uh, thing in there. The no, yeah, live notifications. So when a podcast item, live item, when it flips, when it goes on air, so to speak, a special pod ping will go out saying it's now broadcasting. And so that's that's the way you would get you sort of like pass through that that notification down to the to the device. That'd be perfect. Yeah, right now we batch notifications just as a cost saving measure, so they're not real time. But if there was a way oh, okay. to to tap into that, that would be pretty cool. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely keep. We're, I mean, we'll probably we'll pilot it with this feed for sure, and then I mean, there's a couple of other feeds. Uh, I know uh, Sir Spencer's working on it. There's there'll be plenty of to test against within uh, within the next short period of time. I think. Yeah, just combine that with the uh, real time transcript, right? We've got the support for what is it, the SRT and the the Web VTT formats. That's pretty cool. You could have it oh, like live yeah. streaming and live captions. That would be awesome. How, yeah, how do I killer. how do I make live captions? Where do I get that from? Shit, I don't know. <laughs> that's well, you haven't that's built a good it. Question. Maybe, maybe I'm. <laughs> this is what we still on my to do list. Once again, another board meeting where this always happens. In every board on every board I've ever been on, every board meeting, there's always one or two items that just never get addressed. And Ryan Heiss's transcript service, I know I'm ignoring him because I don't understand what's going on. I need help understanding <laughs> because this, I know the guy has something. I picked the hits. I'm telling you, this guy has something. Yes. I, I can't figure it out. So James Cridlin, talk to Ryan Heiss, please. Well, Cridlin, we, Cridlin is good at this stuff. He's good at the transcripts. I had so much notes. I have so many notes on here, and we we spent the whole time talking about solar panels. And uh, I know what is wrong with us. Water batteries. Yeah. I'm so I'm, yeah, I, I'm 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 ashamed now. All right, next week we will <laughs> we will get into hard, we'll we'll get deep into tech. I promise. Uh, Thomas Barrasso is the uh, the developer of Pod LP. It's storming the uh, the emerging markets. I'm very excited for you. Very excited for podcasting. And uh, and and really love that you're doing this, man. I appreciate you coming into the board today. Thank you. I appreciate you having me and all the work that you guys are doing. Uh, it's super helpful, like I mentioned, especially for a, a platform like us to be able to piggyback and maybe get some tags that'll help us out in the future. Uh, thanks. If you ever need anything at all, any help at all, pod ping, any of that jazz, just just hit me up or I'm, I'm at your fingertips. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, he says that to all the girls. So unfair. That's it, everybody. Join us again next week for another board meeting of Podcasting 2.0. See you then. Listening to Podcasting 2.0. Visit podcastindex.org for more information. <laughs> <laughs>